Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Asinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. You're listening to the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So, on the Voice of Truth radio show, we are going to be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, and current events from a biblical perspective. Uh, Voice of Truth Radio Show every Thursday at 5 o'clock and Saturdays at 3 o'clock. So tune in weekly. But uh, you can podcast. You can see our podcast also at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. And if you want to email us, radiovoiceoftruth at gmail.com. So, all right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Pastor, how you been? It has been a busy week. I'll tell you, I've been busy in ministry, been busy just in life, but it's been a good one. We've had good weather, too. It shows that spring's right around the corner, so that's kind of exciting to see happening. Spring is around the corner, so um, it's hard for me to know exactly how much longer we have anymore because the groundhog that used to live under our shed is gone, <laughs> so we don't know if it sees its shadow or not. How do you know? It used to send us an email. Look, I saw my shadow, <laughs> and uh, so that's the only reason we let him live back there. Finally, I got a buddy of mine who's a hunter. He could live, uh, you could drop him in the woods of, say, Montana with a knife and he would survive. <laughs> but uh, me, you take me out of the kitchen, I'm a dead man. Oh, man. But uh, I have a microwave and a. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Give me a shower, microwave, some food, and I'm cool. <laughs> but um, uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm uh, busy too. Uh, of course, we got session going on. And uh, we're about half, we're almost halfway. It's a 60-day session, session. We're almost halfway. So, but it, it's been pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, you got some interesting bills. It sounds like you're working on it fast. It sounds like Facebook's after you. Yeah. So we were talking before the, uh, before we got on the air, who, who <laughs> on the air, who, uh, about a, a bill that I heard about from North, North Dakota. So everything that is cool is coming out of North Dakota. Mm. Christy Nome, great governor, conservative Christian governor out there. There's just a lot of good freedom bills coming out of there. And I heard about several. One of them is uh, the bill, a bill that is called, uh, uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, social media censorship bill. So what this bill does, Pastor, is a great bill. It says that if social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the others, uh, if they censor you, that you can uh, you can take them to court. Hmm. That uh, you know, look, hey, you can't do that if you're if you're uh, defined uh, as a uh, a platform. If you're a publisher, you're allowed to censor. You know, you own it privately and so on. But if you start your company and you say, look, we're a platform where people can make statements and do whatever, which Facebook historically used to do, uh, then then uh, you can't take them to court hmm. for that. They have the right to do that. But look, um, you know, if, if, if uh, they start in on your constitutional rights, um, defining themselves as a, as a platform, you can— uh, with this bill, you can start taking them to court. 
And uh, and they have been censoring things. I mean, it's been very obvious that they've been censoring a lot of especially conservative viewpoints. Everybody knows who's a Christian or conservative. It's 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 a, become a you know a joke uh, about Facebook jail. <laughs> they've been and, they've been censoring you. I mean, we can't yeah. even get our voice of truth stuff you know boosted on, <laughs> on some of these platforms because your name comes out because, uh, and, because uh, Facebook they don't like does you. not like me. Uh, no, they don't. But um, so anyway, yeah. So which made it even more fun to file this bill. So <laughs> we were talking. So here's what happened, Pastor. We we I filed this bill. It's called. Uh, um, uh, social media censorship bill. So the the uh, workflow at the Capitol is, look, if you have a bill idea, you send it down to the first floor, uh, you email your idea or take it, take it down there to a place called uh, bill drafting. It's an office full of attorneys who take your idea and uh, make a bill, write a bill, put it in a certain section of code that it belongs, and, and they, they write the bill. So then they send it back up to you, you approve it, and then it's introduced. So the social media censorship bill that uh, that I had got introduced, and all of a sudden I get a phone call. So my secretary says, hey, uh, Senator, um, Facebook attorneys want to talk to you. I thought, good, because I want to talk to them. <laughs> got <laughs> I a want phone to talk to them. I got a phone to pick up. So, uh, okay, cool. Uh, so we set up a conference call for today's Saturday. I think it was Thursday or Wednesday. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it's really funny what happened. So uh, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have the Facebook, I don't know if it's Facebook attorneys, I assume it is, but Facebook employees of some kind with a couple of local, they're at a, a local attorney's office, that's how it works, um, or they may have been on, on the phone, but I think they were in the office. And then um, I'm on the phone with them. I'm on the conference call. And then our Senate president is. So it's uh, so uh, it's my bill. So I start talking to him. Look, I, I told him in no uncertain terms what I thought of him. I was diplomatic. You know, I got that in me a little bit. Don't laugh. I do. So I'm, I'm being as diplomatic as I can, but I'm making it as clear as I can that, look, you all, you all are uh, a little bit of a tyrant, aren't you? You know, you're tyrants. Uh, you like to censor. You like to be like a little bit like Stalin and say, look, if you say certain things, we're going to say this is false information and, and uh, you're in Facebook jail. We all know that, how it goes. So, um, so I'm telling them, and uh, so I'm talking, and we talk back and forth for about 10 minutes. And so so we're about to get off the phone, and the guy says, okay, uh, I said, no, I said, oh, so Mr. President, uh, uh, President uh, President Blair, do you, anything you want to say? And he's got a kind of a rough, uh, gravelly voice from smoking a lot of cigarettes. But I love the guy. He's just really, he's unvarnished, and he's like a, an arrow. Boom. He goes right right for the heart, and he takes off after him, like, like uh, after him. Just telling him how it is. And all of a sudden, he finishes and he says, okay, I'm done. So I thought there was, <laughs> there was silence for like 10 seconds. And everybody is thinking the same thing. Is he done talking or is he, hang, is he hung up? In the old days, if someone hung up, the telephone click, you could hear it. Yeah, was cell phones, you can't hear. So we're all, uh, 
is he on the phone still? Is he on? <laughs> so, so finally, uh, Azinger fin- figures it out. My, it finally went through my thick head. He's not coming back on. When he said he's done, he hung up. <laughs> oh, it was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life. So anyway, that's the bill. We're going after Facebook and. Um, uh, look, uh, and, and you know the government. One thing that uh, that uh, President Trump should have done more is gone after uh, Google and that censorship. And it that's a clear present danger to to a, a free culture, a free republic. But anyway, if if every state does what North Dakota did uh, and what we do, and that's what Facebook is afraid of. They're afraid of this being mm. spreading all over the country, and and every state, uh, the Facebook users being able to take Facebook to court if they get censored. Okay? So that's a cool thing. Uh, but other bills, too, and we'll, we'll get into some as we go here. But that's kind of what uh, – that was the highlight of my week. <laughs> that was like – Got to give it to Facebook. That was better while. than a tall, dark cup of Tim Horton's coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so got to give it to Facebook right on. Uh, just some things going on. We're going we're gonna to talk about critical race theory in the next segment, uh, Pastor. I think that's what we promised last time. But uh, we are going to get into that. There's a story that caught my attention this week that was just, that was just too uh, preposterous. You know, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't a real story. This is a uh, satire site or something, but it's not. Uh, The story is about uh, about uh, three homosexual men living together, calling themselves father, and the court of in a court in California, a judge in California, uh, said that uh, these three men can can adopt two children Hmm. so uh this is the it's the first time uh that three men were listed as dads on a birth certificate happened this actually that actually happened in 2017 and and guess what that was after that was a mere two years after the obergefell decision of 2015 that said that marriage between two men or two women was valid hmm. and constitutional. It's amazing how quick things how spring quick, from that. How quick. Um, indeed it was. So um, the, the, uh, these men, I, I just want to make a, a, a point just from, just from uh, common law. And uh, the, the laws of, of uh, American laws came from somewhere. All laws come from somewhere. They come from men or from God. That's where mm-hmm. they come. Mm-hmm. One of those two places. And uh, if you talk about our laws coming from God now, even in a conservative uh, uh, place like West Virginia at the Capitol in the legislature, if you talk about they, they look at you funny because because even the attorneys that are conservative aren't trained that way anymore. We used to in America, our attorneys were trained um, under the uh, under Blackstone, William Blackstone, who wrote um, uh, the. Blackstone commentaries in England right around the American Revolution. He didn't like the—he wasn't for the Americans in the American Revolution, by the way. But but every American, uh, as Louis L'Amour said in his books, every American pioneer had a copy of the Bible and Blackstone on their shelf. They uh, American Early Americans were readers, and they read about the law and how the law was, uh, was to be understood. Now— uh, Blackstone 
uh, made the point that that the laws of nature and nature's God are are the two the uh, two two uh, standards that make a law valid. So, what are the laws of nature and nature's God? The laws of nature; these are that's a familiar term to anyone who knows the Declaration of Independence. The laws of nature are the laws that God puts in man's conscience and creation. If you look into creation, Pastor, every single uh, living organism in nature has a male and a female, Mm. right? A male and a female. Nature teaches that uh, a male and a female create life. Life comes from life, and life can only come from male and a female. The laws of nature. Uh, the laws of nature's God. What is that? That is Scripture. So, um, the laws of nature and nature's God are conscience, creation, and Scripture. That's how we validify God uh, law. We know that it comes from God, or it comes from the the uh, nature and the creation and conscience that God made. Mm. All right. So, um, and I. I I lost the page I was on on this, but uh, but Blackstone makes this point in his commentaries. He says that any law that is created that is contrary to the laws of nature and to nature's God, any law that is created contrary to the laws of nature and nature's God is not valid. Hmm. Is not valid. So Obergefell, the Supreme Court can say in the Obergefell decision that marriage includes the joining of two men, or marriage includes the joining of two women, but uh, the laws of nature and nature's God say, no, that's not mm-hmm. valid. Yeah. And, and, you know, Scripture is so plain about this. Scripture talks about the laws of sowing and reaping, and this is essentially the laws of nature and nature's God. God designed everything on purpose for a reason to function in a certain way. That's why we don't have chaos. We have order. The Bible says that God is not a God of confusion. So he's done everything decently and in order. Mm -hmm. And when you uh, infract nature's law, then you are going to yield out a consequence for that. So, so God is the first cause of all things in nature. He's mm-hmm. the creator. He created all things good. The Bible says that. He yeah. would make it, and it's good. It's yes. perfect. It's whole. It's productive. Then sin, sin came into the world. God allowed that through man's free will. And when sin came into the world, that also was the cause of the effect of the removal of blessings and the bringing in of a curse. So now as we follow the laws that we live by, as we, as we exhibit behavior, we're either following God's law and behaving God's way and reaping the blessings and fruit of that, or we behave against God's law and we reject God's way, and then we're going to reap the consequences of that. The Bible tells us this, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So this is the danger we're coming into, and Christians, you need to know about this, and you need to be mindful of it. You need to be watchful. You need to vote accordingly. Whenever we enact laws that go against nature's law, we're bringing curse and the removal of blessings on ourselves. Hmm. Whenever we vote in platforms, vote in people who are going to legislate according to God's word and God's law, we're bringing blessing into our country. Hmm. We're bringing fruitfulness into our country. That's why these things are so, so important. Yeah, and that is uh, an excellent point. Uh, something interesting uh, from the article, and I, I don't have the article in front of me. I've 
uh, I could tell you the name of it, but if you Google that, Thruple, T H R U P L E P. Is that what they called this? Uh, Thruple. Com- that's, that's the new term. Oh man! So, um, and by the way, the uh, the the embryo it was a surrogate that none of these men. None of these three homosexual men that call themselves all call themselves father have a biological attach, attachment to any of these children. So they're not going to have that natural love, that natural affection, that natural yearning to protect, love, and uh, 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 to uh, uh, create a relationship with. Uh, they're not going to have that because it, there's nothing biological there. Now that doesn't mean you can't if you adopt a child, obviously. But uh, but when you have when you adopt children in an unnatural relationship, you have to ask uh, how, how much how much of that is is going to take place. They had a surrogate. They had donated embryos, and the and uh, the the child or the children. Neither of the two children are biologically theirs uh, because now let's make the point here let's just say it these three men cannot uh, conceive children hmm. by themselves no because that would be unnatural they're all three men only only females can hmm. you, you have to make this point now in, in American culture only females biological females can can uh, uh, become pregnant and have a, 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 a fruit and have children. So uh, there's a lady in the in the article, Pastor, called, uh, named uh, Katie Faust, and uh, uh, so she she made she made the point that uh, she made this point about them not being able to naturally conceive, and she uh, she said she made the point these these men were kind of saying you know well we're victims we should be able to we should be able to do this, and that was the argument to the judge. The judge said okay yeah you're right, but uh, Katie Faust. Um, who's the founder of a children's right organization called Them Before Us, Katie Faust was the daughter of two lesbians. Hmm. And she started, she saw what it's like to not, to be, as being raised by two women, two lesbians, she saw what it was like to not be able to have a father. Hmm. So these two children that were adopted by these three men, uh, or two men, or whatever, Whenever there's a homosexual a pairing that adopts a child, that child will either grow up without a mother or grow yeah. up without a father. Yeah. And, and you know, I think there are studies that are replete with statistics that talk about what the consequences are when you don't have that parent in your life. When, when you're, you know, and that happens. There, there are times where, you know, uh, one of the, the two spouses will die and, and the child's, but, but the... The pursuit of of just robbing a child from that outright and saying, no, you're only going to have this because we're selfish and we're going to do what we want to do instead of do what we're called to do. It has severe repercussions on on the family unit, on children. uh, Yeah, and and Katie Faust, the the gal who has uh, the group Them Them Before Us, raised by two lesbian uh, two lesbians, so she had no father, and she made the point, look, the, the victims are the to yeah. motherless children. Right. Those are the victims. Uh, so anyway, we just uh, we just wanted to comment on this story. It's just it's too much of a watershed event to not to this. Hmm. This is never we we've not a seen thruple. this a thruple. Uh, so yeah. a thruple is what you get when you decide that you don't want to live within in the parameters of God's law. And I'm curious. I mean, aren't there also um, polygamy laws on the 
on the on the record well, as well. Well, they, they're not just, married, so okay. so you could Got, get do whatever it. you want. So oh, yeah. so really, this means that uh, that there are no borders to anything that we want to classify as a family. It, it literally is. No. If you've got two goats, a cat, and uh, and and you can raise children, and and uh, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're they're a throuple. Okay. When you right. when you don't define marriage by it can uh, be anything. God's definition, then it can be anything. Who wow. says what it can't? Uh, that's that's what happens when you get outside of of God's defined law. Then man defines it for himself, and uh, each of us gets to define our own truth, which hmm. we've talked about many many times. All right. So next segment, folks, we're going to talk about critical race theory. And uh, we're going to have a good time doing that. We want you to stay tuned. We think that it will be helpful to you. Everybody needs to learn about critical race theory. This is, mm. the th- this is the thing now, folks. This is the thing. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Gazinger and Brian Leversey. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Hazinger. Right beside me here, folks, in the chair, mere feet away, is my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. You're listening to the only show in America where you where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. You know, I looked up the word fusion, Pastor. <laughs> Are you using it? And uh, I think so. <laughs> it's like I can't get it clear, but I'm not going to. Seen it on restaurants, Asian fusion, something. <laughs> Sounded good. It's a great word. Mm. Now, if I can just figure out what it means. So it's the melting is fusion. So it's the melting together of church and state because you're you're the church, being the pastor. I'm the state, being the senator. And um, uh, and we're the only show in America that, that does this. I, I think it's I, pretty I, cool. Last, uh, last summer, I, I drove to every state in America and uh, Checked every it out, city mate. in America, turned the radio on, <laughs> and I heard no This show. man is thorough. <laughs> thorough. <laughs> it took uh, a lot of gas. I paid uh, very expensive. It was not a cheap trip that I made. Hey, so, but, we're not uh, reimbursing you for that. <laughs> <laughs> we will double your salary, however. I'm a purist, man. I want to know if what I'm saying on the radio is true. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk this segment about critical race theory, which is a uh, it's an odd term, and this term kind of changes. It's a confusing term. It too. is. It, and I have an art, another article that is uh, very, very good. And it, this other article is written by a, uh, I think I sent it to you, several weeks ago, Pastor, but it's very long, but it's written by a professor mm. who uh, who writes under a pseudonym. She won't even come out and say her name. She calls it something else. That's It's a horrible name um, that that just because it's so confusing and impossible to to um, to remember. But uh, the name of that article is the university as the woke mission field. So when you hear woke, you can uh, think critical race theory mm. too. That's one of one part of it. Uh, so a dissident woman's studies PhD speaks out. So she was a women's study PhD. She said, "Look, I've had enough of this woke critical race theory." And she wrote a long article that will send chills up your spine. So if you want to look that up, the university as the woke mission field, um, check it out. It's very good. Matter of fact, I sent it to um, I sent it to the vice chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, because he's he's a little bit, he's always skeptical of my bills, Pastor. He's like, okay, what are you running now? He said, I saw you were on the critical race theory bill. So there is a bill in the Senate, as a matter of fact, 
from North Dakota again, hmm. uh, like we talked about last segment, by uh, being run by a friend of mine, uh, Senator Robert Carnes. And it basically says, look, the, um, the education establishment in West Virginia can't teach critical race theory. So what is critical race theory? Let me just give a little bit of a background. First of all, it has Marxist beginnings. Hmm. So if you hear uh, that it's something is Marxist, and I've just kind of been uh, getting to understand this a little bit better myself just since we started the radio show in terms of what Marxism is. Uh, you know, of course, we know it comes from Karl Marx. Karl Marx was an, an evil man. He just was. Uh, and uh, he was a man of, of violence. He had in him, he had a violent heart in, in him, and he liked to he liked to pit groups against each other. Tension create tension between groups. As a matter of fact, I was reading this this morning. But during the uh, during the uh, uh, the Bolshevik Revolution under Stalin, to to create uh, to create division and tension and and warlike. Uh, uh, type atmosphere, he sent the young people into these peasant areas because the peasants, uh, they were just farmers. They weren't like, you know, dirt poor. That's the, how we think of it. They were just common folks. But that's the, the farmers were the people that were that were that were had religion, were conservative. You know, they were the mm. Christian folks and they didn't want to sell their land. Stalin wanted the, their land to to grow, uh, to to uh, to start his experiment in in Marxism. That's why he but that's why he had to shoot all these peasants because mm. they wouldn't give their land away because they were many Christian conservative like farmers in America. So so critical race theory is Marxist. So let me give you a little definition, and this is from a terrible source, but they got it right here, Wikipedia. So. Uh, Identity politics is a, a basically uh, a, a part of critical race theory. So it's it, when a people of a particular re- religion, race, racial background, and class, or other identity identifying factor, organize themselves politically based on the system of oppression. We're oppressed. Who told them they were oppressed? Mm. Somebody told them they were yeah. oppressed. Um, and so all of a sudden you've got this Marxist movement that is creating uh, anger and division, bitterness between the classes, between the races. And critical race theory is the implementation of that idea. Yeah, it, you know, and the Bible is replete with an understanding that you're not supposed to be divisive, that you're not supposed to sow discord, that you're not supposed to... Uh, engender gossip and strife and backbiting and hateful speech and all these types of things. And uh, and that's really the catalyst and the vehicle for this type of politics is it goes against God's word of how we're supposed to treat one another. And it amplifies differences, not in order to celebrate differences, but in order to pit them against each other in a violent way so that there can be some type of revolutionary process that's entered into. Hmm. And, uh, and, and where grievances exist... You should have a voice for those grievances. That's why there exists the system of law. That's why there exists the systems of being able to take your grievances to a public place and have those grievances aired and have justice prevail. And this issue of trying to come alongside of a group that you're telling is disenfranchised for a certain reason and then working them up into not not having a, a time of forgiveness and and uh, a time of repentance, but having just uh, animosity and bitterness and strife towards each other, that's what this whole 
philosophy of politics is built on. And we've seen the fruit of that in, in our culture very recently with the violence that we've seen in the cities and the streets. Yeah, that's right. We've seen a sort of uh, balkanization. That, and that word, uh, the word uh, balkanization comes from the Balkans, mm. uh, where there was little pockets of war all over all over the, the, uh, the Balkans, uh, Balkan area, and, and people just hating each other. There's a great little book that uh, is called Of Whom the World Was Not Worthy, and it's about uh, this Christian uh, preacher who lived in that area back in the when all this fighting was going on, I think it was in the 50s, maybe 40s and 50s, and how he lived for Jesus Christ, and he forgave, and he spread the gospel. And, that, and that's really the answer to all this, isn't it? It's, it is. It's the cross of Jesus Christ that, like you said, we hate each other because of race, because we're told to. That's what critical mm-hmm. race theory does, and that, that white people uh, need to pay for being racist, even mm-hmm. though, we, though we— There's some kind of intrinsic racism. No, yep. there's intrinsic sin. Yes. People have always been covetous of each other. People have always wanted to abuse and take advantage of each other. That's our sin nature. And the Bible speaks to that from the very beginning. The Bible says we were created perfect, but then we sinned. And with that sin comes jealousy and deceit. It comes covetousness and idolatry and hatefulness. And so we are predisposed in our sin nature to try to take advantage of another person, to try to be the best, to try to exalt ourselves above another. And certainly we've seen that acted out in very cruel ways throughout history. You know, slavery was around before America started. Slavery has existed all the way back into ancient times. In fact, Paul writes about slavery. Paul, in fact, ministered to a slave and sent that slave back to his master and said, hey, in the situation that you find yourself in life, honor God, honor your obligations, and and God will bless you. Um, We even see highlighted in Scripture where, you know, there's uh, extensive uh, slavery that took place in the in the Roman Empire, um, and then that just continued to catapult throughout all of human history. And is it right? No, it's never right to abuse or to take advantage of people or to mistreat people. Uh, God says, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord. I will repay. And we have to understand that this this exacerbating of an issue. Even going back in history, even going back in history and saying, okay, this doesn't exist now, but because you are part of a race, so to speak, that uh, enslaved another race, now you're liable for all of the damages that were done 100, 200 mm. years ago for these people is, is ludicrous. That doesn't give way for um, repentance. That doesn't give way for forgiveness. That just engenders hate and bitterness. And and that's what in, in division— um, and it just estranges people from each other. It does. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, President Trump was this critical race theory, which basically everything is is determined by by race. Everything is through the prism of race. That's why you're hearing so much about it today. Yes, and and the more somebody said, uh, the more the more that we fix race, the more that the left talks about it because it can't ever grow away, go away, or they can't. Or they won't have a reason for their grievance. Right. And many people make a lot of money off this uh, this thing, too. Let me just read a little quote from uh, an article from uh, The Federalist that is uh, uh, on the on uh, critical race theory. But they said if a majority of its supporters were sincere, they would be willing to have fruitful discussions in a civil society that supports civil d- discourse. Rather, critical race theory 
theories agitators are committed to tearing down civil society on the pretense that it is an uh, in uh, uh, <laughs> that it's uh, an unfixable and uh, it's an incubator for systemic racism. Let me read that again because I couldn't read my word here. But uh, so. Uh, they're committed to tearing down civil society on the pretense that it is an incubator for systemic racism. So what these people are saying, we're going to tear this society down. We're going to tear white man society down because it's an incubator for racism. Mm -hmm. They don't have proof for that. Uh, They don't have proof. Uh, They they always go back to the founding fathers as if the founding fathers were in in the in the business of, of slave trading, right. which you know, they weren't, they, they take a little slice of what, sh- what should have been fixed with the founding founding fathers and, and, and whitewash them completely or paint them completely with that broad brush. Mm. But uh, the founding fathers are the ones that gave us freedom. And there were 600,000 uh, American soldiers, 300,000 of them uh, that were, uh, uh, that were on the North, who gave their lives for the black man. Hmm. And uh, so systemic racism is something that they want to create to be able to, to blame people, to create division. To, and uh, uh, it's, 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 it's become an evil thing. It's being taught in our schools. They have to have this ir- irreconcilable grievance that persists in order to achieve their agenda. And how sad is that? How That's just, again, taking a wound and using it to further your own advantage. It, it is as sinful and despicable as racism, so-called, is itself, as slavery was, to, to, to re-enslave a population over an issue that should be handled and use it to promote your own agenda is, is I think, one of the most despicable things that you can and, do. And you make a, a great point there that, that, uh, that you—, you create the the use of a in perpetuity of a grievance of a hatred to to uh so you you'll always have a grievance always. and so that you can always have a job and that is to blame people for being racist mm-hmm. the the smithsonian there has a uh, this is this is to show you how uh, critical race theory is spreading this smithsonian they have a display uh, it's called a display. Uh, it's qu- uh, on "quote unquote" whiteness. Hmm. That is in the Smithsonian, folks. This is everywhere. So uh, they've they've condensed all the elements of civil society, and uh, they are they are basically saying that uh, that these these white um, Virtues is what I call them, but uh, they're 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 not they're not white values, but they're framed as such. What they're saying, and they're um, they're saying that that these are these are white, so we need to get rid of them. Uh, politeness, hard work, self reliance, uh, logic, planning, family cohesion. So these are these are white values. So we need to get rid of. And they're saying that other. And, and listen, I hate talking about races because I believe there's only one race. The Bible says there is. There's the human race, and there's diversity within the human race. But to say that another nationality doesn't have these things is is despicable. I've seen I've seen people of all different nationalities exhibit these things like every human being will. Every human being was created the same way with the same 
potential with the same value. And this just does more to break that down than, than even what was considered true racism was. This is more divisive than that is, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and these are these are all biblical virtues. Absolutely. That, that's the danger. The fruit of, of the Spirit can bring these things into our life. Sure. And and they're they're attaching biblical values to white people that way they can they can destroy them. This it's is horrible. a this is a, a this shows you how evil the movement is and how unbiblical and anti God it is. So politeness. How many verses could you come up with oh, for politeness, yeah. for hard work, for self reliance, for logic, mm. for for planning, being prudent, for family cohesion, these are these are virtues that That's are scriptural in every single race that loves God uh, will will be blessed That's by these. Point. You know, so the, so these are things that we need to preserve, and that we, we we've got to teach that what you just said, Pastor, that uh, that every race is created by God. And that the way to love your brother is to love Jesus Christ, because mm. the love of God is what gives us love for not just people in our race, but but uh, I've, I've got several friends from college that were black friends of mine. Who I uh, one of them I just spent the last year talking to. Several. He's a he's a deaf pastor in Peru. He's mm. just a very funny guy, and uh, uh, and so so. Critical race theory destroys those relationships that that we naturally had. I met him when I was eighteen, nineteen. He's just a he's just kind of a nut goofball type guy, very funny, uh, and uh, uh, we had a natural relationship because he's a man created in the image of God. I'm a man created in the mm. image of God, and I'm allowed to have a black friend. I'm allowed to have a Chinese friend. I'm allowed to have mm. friends with whoever I want, anywhere I want, and. And if if we're brothers in Jesus Christ, that friend will that friendship uh, will go into eternity. That's right. That's right. And to try to put a wedge between people by digging up wounds that you know, quite frankly, shouldn't exist in the first place. If we're if we're getting things right the way the Bible tells us to, mm-hmm. uh, is just it's a horrible practice. It really is. And and I think that the most devastating thing is you've got. Now, uh, big corporations, the, the U.S. military, um, the government entities cramming this down all of their employees' throats mm. where they have to go through indoctrination um, classes, uh, you know, basically revealing their own white supremacist tendencies in order to be able to get along with their coworkers. And I can't even imagine what those environments must be like to work in where— you are walking on eggshells now around everybody because of of all this programming that's going on. Mm, that's that's exactly right. You know, uh, the the critical race theory folks. You know, they 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 make the point, or they try to make the point. The, uh, they they preach the lie that racism isn't solvable. Right. right. Okay. So if it's not solvable, it'll go on in perpetuity, and I can have a grie- grievance my whole life and uh, get whatever I want out of it. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if white folks are eternally racist, uh, then then there'll, there'll never be reconciliation. Mm-hmm. If somebody believes that and, uh, you know, uh, we, we've got to we've got to just learn the love of Jesus Christ. That always fixes mm-hmm. e- everything. And, and that fixes hatred between different races, hatred between uh, different mm-hmm. social groups. That's what Marx did also. Marx was Marx was an expert 
at creating division between social classes. Yeah. You know, and I think Marx basically created social classes. You know, you have the, the rich, the middle class, and the poor. Those are, those are I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, those are Marxist terms. Hmm. So that makes us think in groups, in divisions. So, um, you know, I'm middle class, so I, I'm better than the poor, but uh, I hate, I should hate rich people, right? <laughs> uh, or if you're poor, you should hate Middle class and rich, but wow. but the the answer, of course, is what did Jesus do, Pastor? Did he just only talk to the poor? No, or the rich? Yeah, or the he. See, there's see, an, this is, let me just. Yeah, there's yeah. an example of Jesus Christ talking to every class of people. Absolutely, is that right or wrong? It's a great point. It's a, it's very accurate, and I, I think one of the best culminations of this in Scripture is where Jesus is is with his disciples, and there's this lady Mary who comes and breaks this ointment. Yeah. All over Jesus' feet, mm-hmm. and it's costly ointment. It's called spikenard. It's it's probably uh, I don't know an annual wage for a normal person at that time. Wow! And and just breaks it over his feet, pours it out, and Judas all of a sudden becomes very woke, <laughs> and uh, he he takes that worshipful experience and he says, "How dare we do this? We should have taken the ointment and sold it so we could feed the poor." Okay, and this is what I want you to know: woke thought is. And the Bible commentates on that and says, Judas didn't say this because he cared for the poor. He said this because he was a thief and he uh, wanted to steal from the back. Wow. The people who are promoting this woke garbage and using all of this divisiveness to try to promote their agenda, they do not care about the black person. They do not care about the white person. They do not care about the Asian person. They do not care about the homosexual person. They do not care about the transgender person person now jesus loves all those people Mm. and jesus died for all those people yes but the person that's holding the bag is usually the person that's stealing from the bag that is that is a fantastic uh illustration uh uh, judas judas did not love the poor but he was woke (laughs) he was woke that's great all right you're listening to the voice of truth radio show we're done with that uh, segment we might uh we'll come back we're going to talk probably a little bit more about uh critical race theory and then uh then we'll be done but don't go away a lot more great stuff to come on the voice of truth radio show with mike azinger we'll be right back Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show, folks. You're listening to State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied with my uh, cohort, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church in Vienna. So we're uh, we're glad to talk to the Mid-Ohio Valley every Saturday. So we're Thursday at 5 o'clock, Saturday at 3 o'clock. Tune in, folks. Uh, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger is where we podcast and uh, uh, so we're glad to, glad to have you with us. We talked last segment about critical race theory. I hope you got to hear it. If you didn't, um, do do download our podcast. Mm. And I think we're I think we we may not be the most talented radio guys in the world. We may be. <laughs> we may, but I, we you may not physically be. driven around to find that part. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I got like to the Mississippi River. Now I'm not going to do this twice. We're but better I mean, than everybody up to the Mississippi River, though. Right. So <laughs> even we're east of there. Hey, we are it. Uh, so we talked about critical race theory, and uh, this is this is so important because it is just destroying all of America. Mm. <laughs> and that sounds like hyperbole, it but really but man, it's just it's just 
and, and you know what I think, Pastor? I think it's because that uh, we decided to walk away from God. Yeah. Let's just be simplistic yeah. about it. That's what I, these are all the consequences. You talked about uh, reaping what you sow. We, you don't use not to, to show you how we've walked away from God. We use karma now. Yeah, we don't talk about reaping so. Yeah. We use used to be when I was growing up. Uh, you reap what you sow. You'd hear that all the time, even from kids that didn't yeah. go to church. Now we say that's karma. Yeah, karma. Well, read about karma. Karma and and reaping what you sow They're aren't the aren't same. the same thing. No. All right. So so one of the things that that you're seeing, folks, happening in our culture, that is a consequence of critical race theory and wokeness, is that look, if you don't adhere to their tenets. Remember the remember BLM having people bow down before him, mm. saying uh, say Antifa, Antifa doing the same thing. You know, making them say certain phrases, or or the intimation was the strong intimation was we're going to beat you up. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's all about um, look, you will shut up, or you will say what we tell you to say, or you're going to get canceled. Mm. So we have a cancel culture now. That's a new term. Yeah. Uh, if you don't say what we tell you to say, live the way we want you to do what we want you to do, we're going to cancel you. Hmm. We're going to rub you out of existence. Yep. That's what Stalin used to do. And I think you've you've mentioned this, and I've liked it. You've said that in our sinful heart, everybody has a little bit of a tyrant in them. Hmm. And I think this is just one of those thrones that people are building now to become a tyrant and to bring other people into capitulation with their agenda. I mean, let's just think about it for a second. This has created some very unlikely villains. It really has. I mean, whoever thought that Dr. Seuss would be on the hot chair? <laughs> I did. I always knew Dr. Seuss was a villain. When you peel back that. I mean, it's just crazy where we've gone. It's scary crazy. It's scary crazy where we're going with this thing. And the, the, the number of people that are in the wake of this, I, I have a pastor that I didn't know personally, but I know where he comes from. I know where he learned, uh, you know, was matriculated. I I know I'm close to where he came from. And uh, he pastors in Canada. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, he was arrested um, by Canadian law enforcement, I think during the services even, and uh, was taken to prison. And he cannot be released unless he promises not to preach against the views of the Canadian government. Um, he was preaching a message on we should meet together, we should meet together publicly, this is what a church is called to do, uh, we should do it even during the coronavirus, obviously safely and everything, but we should meet together. And they arrested him, and they said that he cannot get out of prison unless he stops preaching against the government and his church stops meeting together publicly. And they don't have a constitution up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what they—they they may have a constitution. They don't have— our Constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so blessed. Lord have mercy. We're so blessed in America to have the Bill of Rights. Uh, they're that, wanting to cancel that. Well, they are, and that's what they're after. And by the way, the Bill of Rights isn't isn't um, this is this is something interesting. I read this week, but the Bill of Rights isn't a right given to uh, mankind. It is a uh, it is the uh, a constitution saying the government can't take away these mm. natural rights that Good we're point. born with. So we have a, a freedom of religion, speech, assembly, the right to bear arms. These are natural rights. Mm. That's what natural the Bill of law. Rights are. They're mm. natural law. 
Uh, exactly. So uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Seuss. I, 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 cr- I cried uh, all night one night about that. Uh, well, you know I what? His I book knew- sales have gone. His book sales have legitimately my, gone through the roof my, since this happened. Though. My son sent me a a text during the week. It had uh, it was a uh, he took a shot a screenshot uh, of, of, of Amazon. With and it said sold out over yeah. one of Seuss's yeah. books, but you know when he when he started talking about green eggs and ham, I knew there was something wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, not right. It's not right. That's not natural. Not natural Have you ever seen the green? I've never seen a green egg. So yeah. I'm thinking he had that coming. But uh, so Lou Dobbs, uh, I think got him with the wind. Uh, Mr. Potato Head, but Mr. Potato Head did. I think that they uh, ended up saying, "Look, no, we're not going to do that." Did they back off from that? I think that they, I think they did. Well, you know, it was crazy though. All the way back in the summertime, when all of these protests were going on, and you could see this stuff just rising up. I mean, it was scary. I mean, you see, you see whole uh, neighborhoods on fire, and they're pulling down statues, right? They're pulling down yeah. statues, and they're they're basically refacing all of America. Like they're they're just saying it doesn't matter. This is all this is all evil, and we're going to pull it down, and we're going to rename forts, and we're going to. I mean, in just a year, Mike, this has been a year, mm. and think of all of the different things that have been disassembled and extracted from the United States of America in just a year's time. Yeah, and they're, they're rubbing out our culture. When you destroy a, a statue, you are, uh, you are uh, attempting to destroy a history, yeah. which was already done. I mean, our, our, look, our kids don't know American history. They don't know our Christian heritage. Um, I didn't grow up knowing it. You know, most most kids didn't. Most kids don't know. <laughs> As a matter of fact, some some of these some of these uh, Antifa people were tearing down statues that were uh, memorializing uh, a, a a whole uh, a group of black soldiers. Right. Did you see? Okay, hello. Right. Do, do why they did that because they don't have a clue about history, no. and it's not their fault they weren't taught history. We don't teach our history. Mm-hmm. Are these these man on the street interviews? Remember Jay Leno used to? How, do you remember Jay Leno? Yeah. He was this yeah. guy that had this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but you see these man on the street interviews. People don't know. Don't People know. don't have a clue of where we came from. And and so it's it's hard to blame these yeah. kids. I mean, if I if if I wasn't taught something, I don't want to be blamed for being ignorant, hmm. even though I am ignorant. So uh, so we need to we need to uh, have a have a burden to teach kids. I've got a uh, uh, a, a book. I don't know if I, I may have told you about it once, but I, I've got a, a a little ministry thing I started with a Christian historian in Charlottesville, which is where Monticello is, uh, which is Jefferson's home. Um, and um, a guy named Stephen McDowell, uh, and um, we I, we put together a couple of his books. This was actually my idea. I just started reading the stuff. I loved it, and I said, "Look, let's put together a couple of your books." And uh, I'd like to start handing them out to legislators. So he liked the idea. We did it. So five two thousand fifteen. I took the book, it's called The Bible, America's Source of Law and Liberty, and I passed it out to everyone in the House of uh, Delegates. I was in the House at the time. Took a box over to the Senate, passed out uh, a box to the Senate. So, so far, we're up to like 22 states Hmm. that have uh, either 
all or all, all of the legislature or part of it, uh, including California. I'm expecting wow. California to go Republican here <laughs> because of it. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, hey, they're recalling their governor, perhaps. So. Hello. <laughs> it's all because of the book. <laughs> it's the book. But uh, um, uh, you know, the, the burden in my heart was. Uh, to get the knowledge that I've just acquired in recent years about our Christian founding to every, how would it change the, how the laws were made of every, every, uh, every legislator in the country, every mayor, every city council understood, look, we, co- we have a Christian beginning. That's why we were one mm. at the beginning. That's why we didn't have all this balkanization and hatred and, and little infighting across the country, because the whole country, up until the 1960s, believed monolithically in, a, in, in our Christian foundation. Mm. Look, Pastor, we took the Bible out of school. We took prayer out of school. And uh, we quit teaching about the Ten Commandments in our culture. We kick all this stuff out, and and we're surprised that we're beating each other up. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, you're going you're gonna to reap what you sow. And, and that's why we have this culture today that is, is tearing down statues that they don't even know the link of history to. They don't. And they think they're doing something good. I, I, I really believe that some of these people think they're on the right side of I things. I agree like, with you. Like in their heart, they yes. feel like this thing represents something that's evil. Mm. But it's because they haven't been taught what it's connected to. Like I, And I, I hate it because I like to have all my facts together. But just as a, as a for instance, we were having a, a meeting, a, a staff meeting, and, and one of our staff guys was bringing up the fact that they were changing the name of a mountain. You're going to see a lot of this happening, changing the names of roads, changing the names of yes. ports, changing the names of national monuments. Um, but they changed the name of a mountain. The name of the mountain was Negro Mountain. Mm. And the reason it was named that is because there were two tribes that were uh, fractioned or warring against each other, Native Americans. And um, this one tribe was really brutal to another tribe, as, as I remember it. And uh, they would come at this other tribe and was trying to annihilate them. And this black man, who had somehow come into contact with this tribe and, and was uh, lived nearby or something, but was a friend of this tribe, uh, they were all being attacked, and, and he just rose up in strength and, and beat back on his own. He ended up dying in the process, but beat back on his own like 15 guys who were coming into this, this uh, Indian village and, and were trying to eradicate this other tribe. And because he did that and gave his life for it, all they knew him by was the name Negro, and they so they called it Negro Mountain. Oh. And now they want to remove that whole history of oh, that whole goodness. thing and his heroic deeds and everything— because of the name and without any they just heard the name they see what it's called they assume that's a racist situation and now they want to remove it oh and that goodness. that's that's what's happening across the board yes with all of this stuff and and had had those people uh known the history of it they wouldn't yeah. have done that no but they weren't no. taught yeah uh, i remember hearing a sermon i don't know if uh, you're familiar with uh, clarence sexton mm-hmm. so clarence sexton was was um giving a lecture it was fast fascinating lecture but but he made the point about this type of stuff uh, about uh, um, you know if you look at Antifa and BLM and these people and and like you said uh, uh, a lot of these people they think they're doing right mm-hmm. uh, and he and pastor Sexton quoted the verse if the light uh, that be in you be darkness how great is that darkness yeah. so if you have light in you but that light is actually darkness, how great's that darkness? Mm. So, so um, uh, these people, our kids, are being taught a lie. They're being taught a lie about who our founding fathers were. Look, these were Christian people. 
All right. Some of them own slaves. Yeah. But you know what? Um, uh, a whole bunch of them were against it. And the ones that that own slaves were against it almost entirely. Washington sold his slaves after his death. Uh, uh, Jefferson was actually against slavery. It was it was it was the the zeitgeist of the times. Mm-hmm. People owned slaves back then. Yeah. It's like people are pro-choice right now. That it, it is the culture. Mm-hmm. Many people are are pro-choice. Uh, it's wrong, but um, uh, but the 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 problem is you know we have we have people that are being taught darkness. They're being taught darkness. Yeah. They think it's light, and that light uh, in them is darkness. So how great is the darkness? Um, so we're out of time, Pastor. You got any closing uh, closing thought, or we you just want to just pray for America? Yeah, amen. Pray, brother. pray amen. that churches will start meeting again. Pray that we'll start getting over some of this fear that's going on in the world and start standing up, having a voice, praying for our country. Don't let cancel culture win. Don't let uh, this critical race theory win. We have a voice. We need to use our voice while we can, or you will get canceled one day, and you won't have a voice. They are already turning on themselves, which always happens yeah. in uh, a godless revolution. All right, folks, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We're done for the day. Thanks so much for tuning in. You're listening to State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. I will choose to listen in.